Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be to help you become a master of the mental game and to help you start dominating the day. This is Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach with the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. And today, our guest is Ryan Harrison. He's one of the top vision performance coaches in the world, works with many Major League Baseball organizations, top college baseball and softball programs, a list of hockey players and hockey programs, football, MMA, tennis, you name it. He's worked with him on vision performance training, one of, if not the best and most highly regarded vision trainers in the world, Ryan Harrison, Slow the Game. GameDown.com. Appreciate you joining us today, man. If you would, would you please give our listeners your background into how you got started in vision performance training? Thanks, Brian. Um, that's a good question. I've been doing this for about 16 years now, and uh, the, the company's been doing it for about 40-some-odd years. And my degree is in exercise physiology. And uh, my father, Dr. Bill Harrison, has been doing this since 1971 with the Kansas City Royals and the Royals Baseball Academy. So in about, uh, like I said, about 16 years ago, uh, he asked me to go help him and work with some teams. And at the time, we were working with Cincinnati Reds, uh, Kansas City Royals, Atlanta Braves. And I went out there, um, and, you know, like any son, you never listen to your dad. You, you, you have all this great advice, and, and at the same time, you never listen to him. And, and now being older, I went out with them, watched how the players received his information, watched uh, how he went about things, and realized, hey, Dad, you have something that's going on here. And these players are, uh, are responding to the way you teach them, the way you talk to them, the way you uh, show them how to use their eyes. And so taking my background in exercise physiology, we kind of developed a, a better, broader plan where we can get bigger out to the masses a lot more, um, trying to help players understand how to see the ball, what they see, what they don't see, uh, having training products where they can develop visual skills so that their visual skills are at a high level, things that we test in the big leagues, um, that are, these players are all able to get to that level. So, again, I've been doing it for the, uh, 16 years. This last season we worked with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and the San Francisco Giants. Uh, worked for many different organizations at different capacities and work with a lot of different college programs and a lot of individual athletes that come out to us, uh, whether they're hockey players, whether they're football players, whether they're baseball players, golfers, and looking at the game a little differently than what most people do. We look at it from a visual perspective. How how can we enhance their visual perspective of the game? And, you know, like you know, Brian, when uh, athletes are at their best, they see things, things slow down, they don't think about a lot. And when they struggle, they think about a lot. The ball looks fast. The ball looks like a little missile. And what we want to do is learn how to control that and uh, teach them a method of how they can slow the ball down and, or slow the action down and be in the right fo- visual focus. You know, when I, I've, I've worked with some of the same programs that you have, you know, here at Florida State with their softball program at LSU. And one of the things that I hear their coaches say, and I've heard you say here now working this camp with you for the, the last four or five years, is you can't, you can't see and think at the same time. Is that right? Yeah, when you think, you can't see. You can explain that a little bit more. I think it's marvelous. Well, you know, give you a great example, and we all had this uh, back in school, is uh, reading a book or reading the newspaper and uh, flipping a few pages, get there and go, what the heck did I just read? Happened today. And, you know, now if we took some video analysis and, and analyzed how your eyes functioned and moved, they moved beautifully. 
but you were lost in thought about something else and you weren't taking in that visual information. And that happens to us driving. It happens to us playing sports. It just happens to us in life. And it's learning how to control that and uh, be able to, what I call, inhale the visual information at the right amount of time, at the right time. And, uh, and that's what hitters, sometimes they're thinking so much about, you know, uh, the umpire, they think about what their coach thinks, they think about who's in the stands, they think about what their parents are doing, and they get away from the task at hand of learning to see the ball and slow the ball down and, and focus on the targets. So I know you know a couple of the things that you guys have, I've seen you do here at the, at the camp is you'll have the vision rings and uh, you know a white ring with different colored balls on it, and they've got a toss and catch, and then you've also got... Uh, uh, the ping pong ball shooter where they've got to catch and call different balls. What are some drills that you, when you go in to work with a team and for the, the coaches that are listening to this podcast, if you've never invested in vision training, what I love about slowthegamedown.com and what, what Ryan does is he comes in and he leaves you with a program that you can do year round. What are some of those techniques or training strategies that you use with teams? Well, that's a good question, Brian, because here, here's the deal. Uh, everyone always wants to know what's the one quick fix. Yeah, right. And there really is not one quick fix, especially when it comes to vision. There's uh, a variety of players. They all perceive visual information differently, um, and coaches want them to understand what they're seeing, and most of them don't see the way we, we think they see. Mm-hmm. So I, I always try to break it down as two things. There's hardware and there's software. And what vision hardware is is more of the uh, visual clarity, it's more about depth perception. It's more about uh, visual recognition, visual processing skills, more of the, the hard wire of the eyes and, and the brain and how they work together. And on the other side of it is the software, which is more about how to use your eyes, how to look in the right spot, how to control your focus, how to make the ball look bigger from your eyes. So some of the training that we do, there's a, a variety of different tools um, have to do with enhancing the hardware, and some of it have to enhancing the software. And so you brought up the rings. The rings um, have to do a lot about controlling your focus and learning how to control your eyes to look at the right thing. One thing that people don't understand is the brain is very powerful to what we see. And we actually really only have clear central focus in about a uh, five-degree cone. And all the other is more of our peripheral vision. And we see in our peripheral vision, but it's not as crisp, it's not as clear, it's not as accurate. And our brain wants to put that information together. So if when they're using the ring, they want to learn how to slow it down. They want to learn how to fine-tune their focus on the right stuff. Same thing with the ping-pong ball machine. You know, vision's not just about seeing. It's about how they process the information and how they react to it. Uh, one of the dr- things that I see a lot in a lot of drills that are done is they see, but then they think, and they talk. And then they try to put a reaction to it. And sport is more about see and react and putting those programs together. So with the ping pong ball machine, they're, looking, they're seeing and they're making a reaction based off what they see. And we do that with a couple other. Our, our VPX trainer poster is a great program with, uh, on see and react where we add a lot of fatigue and a lot of movement and getting the control of the eyes as well. You know, and the uh, other thing, I know you guys just came out with a book. Yeah, I know it's out there on the table. I was hoping through earlier. Talk, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but what's, what, tell me about the book and what are some of the advantages or things that coaches or athletes would learn that are listening to this. So what are they, why would they want to get the book, and where can they get the book? Well, it's funny. Uh, 16 years uh, when I started working with my dad, uh, I said, hey, you got to get a book out. And 16 years later, he finally got his first book that he, we finally uh, made it to publish. And, and even though we have the first one out, we got two more that's about to roll out as well. And the first one has to do with how to perform 
uh, like the pros. And it's very interesting. It's a little bit different than most books in the fact of it's not an instructional manual. It's not a, uh, you know, a tell-all book, but it's a story of his career back from the 70s and how he presented ideas to the guys back in those days, uh, George Brett, um, things that went to uh, Charlie Lau. A lot of people know about Charlie Lau as a hitting coach. Uh, things they presented to the San Francisco Giants, and and just over time periods, telling stories of how players take that information and how they how they learn how to get visual and how to focus on there. The two other books that'll be coming out will be one on more uh, specific to hitting, and the other one will be more specific to pitching on how to focus and how to perform as uh, from a visual perspective on on doing that. So they can get that book uh, at our website at uh, www.slowthegamedown.com. Um, I, it is on Amazon as well. Um, and being the first book, we just rolled it out and, and launched it. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Some good stories. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. And just, uh, you know, knowing a little bit about your father that I do. And, and, you know, he's one of the pioneers in the mental game, really. If you look at mental game or vision training um, and that side of, of performance, he's, he's uh, probably the first guy who really got into professional sports, very similar to Ken Revisa. You know, and I know that those, those, that's where I first heard of your father was when I started with Ken Revisa at Cal State Fullerton. I know you've, you've met Ken and known Ken mm-hmm. you know, for many years. If we can kind of transition maybe the, a little bit for, uh, into what's the, what's the mental game, you know? I think sometimes there's people that try to combine the two. I see them as, as both necessary but separate trainings. What's your take on the mental game? Well, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, Ken, uh, Ken actually sat in on some presentations back in the, the early uh, 70s with Cal State Fullerton. And, you know, we very separate on what Ken does, what you do, what we do. And they all kind of uh, they all kind of work together. Mm-hmm. And, and the questions I tend to ask a lot of players is, and you ask the same question, we ask them a little differently. Is what percentage of the game is physical? And you'll have some players that they all look and you know they've heard oh ten percent, twenty percent, and you'll hear numbers all over the place. And what percentage of the game is mental? Oh ninety percent. And the third question I ask is what percentage of the game is visual? Mm-hmm. And they all get stunned. And, you know, my bias is it's 100%, 100%, and 100%. It, they're all important parts to this game. And they all work together. They all cross over. But you need all three to be, to be that excellent athlete. And that's what these top players have is they have a great vision plan. Uh, they have a great mental plan. And they have a great physical plan. And um, if they can combine the two, and, and you know, from, from my perspective, the eyes lead the body. And you could have a great swing. You could have the most pretty swing in the world. But if you don't see it, it doesn't matter. If you don't see it accurately, it doesn't matter. You can have uh, the great mindset that you can run through a wall. But you still have to have some physical skills to be able to hit the ball or catch the ball or throw the ball. Uh, and you also have to be able to see it at the same time. Um, you can have the greatest eyes in the world. But if, you don't, if you're... If you're uh, thinking too much and not allowing your eyes to work and you're, you're not confident and uh, you don't have the physical skills, it doesn't matter how good the eyes you can have, uh, you know, great eyes and nothing else. So it's a combination of all three that they work together. And I think when, um, you know, to me, if they can get visual first, it helps the mental side and it helps the physical side. You know, one had a chance here last year. I think it was at the Florida State camp to uh, to see you work with some of the athletes. And one of the drills you did was you, you would have them stand like they were at shortstop, and you'd roll them a ball and say, "I want you to look at the like look at the ball," and then you roll one to them and say, "I want you to look at the bottom of the ball." 
So then I was over there and I jumped in and had, had an athlete roll the ball to me, looked at the top, looked at the bottom of the ball. And it was amazing how much lower, you know, I, I was able to stay on the ball when I was looking at the bottom of it, right? Yeah. And as a high school baseball player and infielder, I remember I could never stay down on a ball. And I was oh, you're scared of the ball. And it's like, I, wasn't, I didn't care if I got hit with the ball. It was like, I just, for some reason, I couldn't come down. And maybe yeah. it had something to do with where I was looking on the ball. And I think for the coaches Definitely. listening to this, have someone do that to you. Have your kid or your wife or someone roll you a ball. Look at the top, look at the bottom. And I think that experience alone, if that doesn't convince you that there's a visual element of baseball or softball or performance that you've got to get into, then, then God help you. But, <laughs> well, you know, you talk know, about again, that like again, I said, so. the, the eyes lead the body. And if you think about it, your, your eyes are distracted by motion, they're distracted by light, and your eyes always want to go on to the next thing. They always want to precede the next thing. And most errors are preceded by a visual breakdown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the, and what we believe in is everything begins and ends with what, what you see and how you see and how, how you process that information. So even when you grab your door handle, you grab your orange juice, you grab your coffee in the morning, you look at it, and then you tend to look away, usually before you ever touch it. And sometimes, you know, 90% of the time, you're probably going to still grab it, but there's that 10% chance you miss it, and you go, what? how did I miss that? And, you know, again, when we look at the World Series, a lot of breakdowns were visual breakdowns. It wasn't that the person could not feel the ground ball. It wasn't that the person couldn't throw from first to home. They visually did not lock in on their target and, and know what they were doing. They were all over the place. Uh, whether it's hitting, you know, one of the things in hitting that, that always uh, makes me laugh. Um, all the parents will be yelling, watch the ball. Coach at third base, watch the ball. Yeah. Well, no doubt. How many of you players have gone into the box and said, whatever I'm going to do, I'm not going to watch the ball? You're always trying to do it, yeah. but it's really about how you do it. Mm-hmm. So even like when people say, oh, it's not that simple to see ball, hit ball, it's not see ball, hit ball. It's, it's learning how to understand how to see the ball and how to hit the ball and have a plan of attack. And... Um, you know, again, this is a, it's, everything's a visual game. You can't play with a blindfold on. You can't drive with your head to the side. You can't drive with a blindfold. It's hard to do with a patch as well mm. at, at a high level. And uh, if we can find a way, and that's where different tools that we use to train those visual skills and then have, uh, from the hardware standpoint, whether it's clarity issue, uh, whether it's depth perception issue, but then also on the other side is have software to understand how do I get in that visual zone? How do I slow things down? How do I make that ball look like the moon mm. more consistently? And part of it is controlling where our eyes look. And a simple exercise, uh, Brian, is you can do this. As you look at me right now, I want you to spell California backwards. Okay, so Brian, what happened to your eyes? <laughs> Before I even started spelling it, I looked to the left. You looked to the left, and then you looked up, and yeah. you lost eye control. So yeah, yeah. your intentions were to keep looking at me, but because you got lost in thought, you started to lose control of where your eyes went. Huh. And so what happens on the field, like talking about the infielder, they think, don't make an error, don't do this, and their eyes come up, and they lose focus on what they were looking at. Because they're thinking instead of seeing. Correct. So the quiet mind leads to better thinking, which leads to better physical performance. Yeah. How do you get out? What's an what's a way to train athletes to not be able to think so that they can see better? Is there anything that you give them like a routine or? Yeah, I think uh, routines are, are are very good, and I think uh, they depend on each player. I think um, you know everyone's a little different on the way they perceive information, but we, we definitely train a visual plan of attack to whatever that sport is. So if I have a new sport, whether it's a football player or whether a tennis player, or whether it's I've had a, um, a professional skimboarder, which some of you guys probably don't know what skimboarding oh, is. Yeah, sure. But I had a professional skimboarder, and he was at the top of his game. He was number two in the world, 
um, and he wanted to learn what can my what can I do to enhance myself to another level? What can I understand visually to do that? Now, for me, I look at that and say, okay, what are the visual demands of that athlete, and how can we affect that? And sometimes it's just making them easily aware of what they're focused on. Are they focused on their hands? Are they focused on on, on their vision? Are they focused on the ball? Are they focused on getting hit? and learning how to control that. And it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's simple, but you know, the more consistent that we can do that, the more we have a plan. When the game gets tough, we know what we need to look for. Hmm. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. And for people that want more information, slowthegamedown.com. We're going to change the interview around here and, uh, and shift away from vision training and get more into, into you, Ryan, so I think that people can get to better understand you and, and – um, you know your path and your success obviously uh it's not every day on the podcast that we get to have someone who is is viewed as one of the best in the world at what he does um you know we've had olympic athletes we've had major league baseball players on here you know ufc world champions um for yourself in the field of vision performance training as someone who's at the best at the top of your game what are the things that you do as a part of your daily routine that keep you consistent and keep you as good as you can be hmm, good question i think um i'm never satisfied i think part of my routine is always trying to figure out a better way always trying to figure out how how we can help um what what um I, i'm not satisfied with with being told no i want to find out how we can push the limits and uh and so you know, working with these athletes uh, as well as myself, I want to find out what what can what can we do mm. instead of just accepting what what's there. Question we've been asking lately on our podcast here: the best purchase for under a hundred dollars that you've ever made, the purchase that you've made for under a hundred dollars has had the biggest impact on your life. <laughs> the best purchase under a hundred dollars. That's a that's a tough question, Brian. Um, <laughs> You know, I got a wife and kids, and nothing costs under hundred dollars anymore. Um, probably the the best purchase under a hundred dollars. I have no idea. Actually, that's that. You put me on the spot there, Brian. <laughs> I, thought you were going to say a pair of sunglasses. Or something, but those are well, definitely not under hundred dollars. Yeah, right? sunglasses aren't, but you know, those are definitely important too. I mean, yeah. even from the health side of that eye, and um, um, you know. God, best purchase. That's a challenging question. You, yeah. you didn't prep me on that one. No, no, no. Some of this is, 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 is uh, on the spot. Best book you've ever read or the book that's had the most impact on your life? The best book I ever read. Or the book, probably let's say the book that's had the most impact on your life. Well, I, I have to say my dad's book. And, and, and the truth is, the only reason I say that is over these 16 years, I, I've read so much stuff from him that maybe not be the finished book that's on there, mm. but it always challenges me to think differently and, and to push me to another level for what we do. And uh, and not only just accept, but it, like I said earlier, it's a challenge. Um, I think, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny. My, You know, you ask a little bit about me. My, my really um, passion is a lot of computer stuff. Mm. I love being on the computer. I love technology. I love all these other things, but it affects me in a different way. But understanding and watching how my dad works, and, and you know, it is, um, you know, we're talking about a book here, but at the same time, I'll kind of go off a little bit here. Is it's 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 pretty amazing to be able to spend that much time with your father and work with him and and, and see 
different successes and to be able to prove to him and, and show him the things that you can take his his knowledge to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, I would be lying, I'd say, if it's not challenging at the same time. <laughs> but to me, just some of that reading is probably the, the, has the most impact, obviously, what I do and how I, how I go about things. Mm-hmm. You know, as a guy who's, who... You work with your father, married, kids, on the road a ton, doing doing the the consulting with Envision Performance Training. What are some of the keys that you have when you travel as much as you do to stay connected? And this is kind of a selfish question that I'm asking for probably for my benefit, but I know a lot of the people on the podcast travel a lot too. What are some of the things that you do to stay connected and really grow your family life? I think uh, technology is is gone beyond uh, our ever imagination from when I was a kid to now. And so, you know, from my 10-year-old being on email to uh, being able to text with my 13-year-old to be able to be on video chat, um, you know, I think most of us have have been amazed that we can be anywhere and video chat and see things. And and it is a challenge being on the road, and you miss uh, some events. And on the nice side of that is when I am home, I can spend time and I can Mm -hmm. can help that out. And, uh, and, um, you know, so I think think the... You know, it's not a purchase of that hundred dollars like you asked, but I think the best invention is being able to video chat so easily yeah. with family, and um, you know you can snap pictures and see things, and may not be able to be there, but you're almost as there where in the you know prior years you, you never had that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, when your dad was traveling, you know, like you are, you have to go to a payphone somewhere. Definitely, and he felt you know he still talks about that how he felt bad not being around at certain times, and, and to be honest, I've never felt that way that he wasn't around. Yeah. But it's but now the connection uh, is so much easier, and uh, you know there's times uh, it's tough coming home. That's that's the hard thing is coming home and, and reintegrating yourself back into the family life. Yeah. And um, you know my 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 advice to you yeah is um, is to just let things happen yeah. and then ask to be helpful. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Can, can can I help you take the kids to school? Can I help yeah, you yeah. with this and because uh, I know it's tough on my wife and uh, at times to, to be able to run the kids around and take care of everything. And uh, it's a challenge, but it's, you know, it's part of the life and, and it could be a lot worse. Like I yes. Oh, no doubt, man. No, it can always be worse. It can always be worse. You know, always be worse. Exactly. You know, and, and on that, I, you know, I think all the military people who are gone for months and uh, to me, that's a very big challenge in family life to be able to gone that, be gone that long. And luckily for me, uh, I don't think I'm gone more than two weeks from my family, so you know I'm very lucky in that that format as well. Yeah, God, God bless our uh, military that are gone for you know six six months at a time or more, and still be able to come home, you know, and, and their families and how they do that is uh, is impressive. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you taking time here, man. Um, last question for you is: We always ask, what do you know now? You wish you wish you knew then. What do you know now that you wish you knew maybe when you were were, were twenty twenty five years old I know back then? A lot then. more now than I knew then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I. I mean, there's a lot of things, Brian, as you know. Um, you know, all us twenty year olds think we know everything. Oh yeah. But uh, at my age now, it's there's there's definitely um, there's there's definitely a lot of things I'd like to take back. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily be a professional baseball player or a professional athlete necessarily. Um, but I would know how to approach a lot of things differently. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel that I probably wasted a lot of my time uh, as a youth uh, in, the, in my 20s. And um, I wish I could take that time back and, and be a little bit more productive. Awesome. 
Ryan Harrison, slowthegamedown.com. You can follow him on Twitter, which is at slowthegamedown. And then uh, email address, if you're interested in, in inquiring with Ryan about having him come and work with your team or speak at your clinic, it's ryan at slowthegamedown.com. Correct. Awesome. Ryan, thanks again, man. Appreciate you having me on. You're awesome. Thank you, buddy. Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit BrianKane.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And sign up for my Monday message, where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through my website on our Contact Us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.